0: Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Mike Moyer. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, Life Unscripted. We're so grateful to have you here today. How are you?
1: Good. Thanks for having me today. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, you betcha. Susie has been a wonderful uh, PR rep sending us wonderful business owners uh, very often over many years. And she sent us yet another one, which is you. You've written a wonderful book who's um, helping entrepreneurs and uh, new business owners get out there and really launch their business in a significant way. It's Slicing Pie Handbook. Very interesting title. Uh, Perfectly Fair Equity Split for Bootstrapping Startups. And so share with the audience before we get started in your book, what even brought you to the world of entrepreneurship?
1: Well, I, my, my first entrepreneurial experience was back in college when I had to either get a job or drop out, and so I started making t-shirts for uh, girls at sorority houses, which was a lot of fun, and I started a company that did some manufacturing, and then and I, after I left there, I mm-hmm. I went. I spent my career going from established company to, to startup company to back and forth between startups and real jobs mm-hmm. throughout my career. I worked in every industry from motorhome chassis to fine wine to fishing tackle boxes to Financial technologies, a lot of different experiences.
0: Yeah. What really uh, was where your niche was? What did you feel most comfortable in as far as uh, niche or area?
1: Well, I'm always been kind of a marketing person. And uh, so marketing trade shows, I do a lot of presentation skills training now and trade show training
0: mm-hmm. in addition
1: to writing a lot. Uh, I've written a number of books on different topics, mostly in startups and early stage ventures.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how many people get started, including myself early on, and you kind of waste a lot of your money on things you don't need to be spending your money on. I know I did. I would look at some of the big companies and say, okay, they're spending money on newspaper ads at the time or whatever it might be, and I'll spend thousands of dollars there without realizing, okay, 3 a.m. ad on the radio is just not going to help me when I'm doing uh, collections AR. Uh, (laughs) So tell me, how did you come to deciding to create your book, Slicing the Pie Handbook? Where did that come from?
1: Well, slicing my handbook comes out of my experience as an entrepreneur, struggling with this 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 whole notion of taking on partners. Mm-hmm. Um, my first company I owned myself and I thought how much fun would it be to have my, to invite my, my friends to work for me? And I couldn't figure out how to cut them in, you know, one 50 percent, they wanted you know, a percentage of something, and I wasn't sure what I was supposed to give them, it was the percentage of what, was it was my income, not to give them half my income. Mm-hmm. It's always very confusing. And I never could find a really straight answer to it. I talked to my lawyer and they didn't give me a straight answer and business school professors and other entrepreneurs, good, smart, well-meaning people, just couldn't give me a straight answer. Um, So after a couple of sort of bad, bad experiences with partnerships, uh, I sat down, I I wrote out some criteria on how, how I needed to solve the problem. If the problem was solved, what would it look like? And that slicing pie came out of that, uh, the slicing pie model came out of that experience.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting? I'm guessing you can tell us from your own experience as well. I, I'm thinking if you go in with partnerships, how many partnerships have I heard about business owners going in with partners and they have an over idea of what they think they bring to the table. Totally. They're like, oh, I, well, I'm worth this and I can bring this, yeah. that, and the other. And, and really, at the end of the day, they bring very little profit because at the end of the day, it's what you bring um, profit-wise to the business. So, how do you get them on board ahead of time? Do you legally work this out so that they all are aware of here's what you're bringing profit-wise to the table, and what you're, you know, how you're helping the company grow?
1: Well, the instinct that, that most people have is let's sit down and have this conversation today hmm. about what's going to happen. And unfortunately, the, none of us can foresee the future. We can't predict the future events. So, I relate it much more to a, a blackjack game. Do you know how blackjack works?
0: And not really.
1: Mm -mm. So, you know, you know the game blackjack though, right?
0: I've heard of it, but I'm I'm not sure how it runs.
1: So Mm -hmm. pretend that you and I are going to play together. We're we're both beginners. We're going to split the winnings 50-50. Okay. And we go to Las Vegas. We each put a dollar on the same hand of blackjack. We're playing as a team. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We don't know if we're going to win. We don't know how long it's going to take to win. We don't know how much we're going to win. We're optimistic. We're playing because we think we're going to win, but we have no idea what the future is going to hold, right? We can't tell the future. All we know for sure is that we each bet a dollar. So the dealer deals two aces. And in blackjack, you split the aces into two hands and double down your bets.
0: <clears throat>
1: I'm out of money and you're not. So you put two more dollars down. So now you've bet $3 and I've only bet a dollar. The future is still unknowable. <clears throat> Excuse me. We don't know if we're going to win or how much we're going to win or how long it's going to take to win. All we know for sure is that you bet $3, I bet a dollar. If we win, does 50-50 sound fair?
0: Mm-mm, not anymore. Should be? <clears throat> <clears throat> what should it be? What should it be? Yeah. Well, it seems to me the guy that put in more should get a little bit more of the pie.
1: Exactly. So you should get 75% and I should get 25%. Because mm-hmm. we know for sure the facts of the case are that you bet three times as much as I did. Yeah. Now we had a deal for 50-50. I could sue you and probably win. But that didn't make it fair. Just because we agreed to it in advance doesn't make it fair.
0: Yeah. What's fair
1: is that your share of the winnings should reflect your share of the bets. And startups now- are exactly the same thing. Only instead of betting on cards, we're betting on ideas. We're betting time and facilities and cash and all kinds of things.
0: That's what I wanted to get to you about. How do you, now there's a lot of non-tangibles with running a business and a lot of what people can bring to the table sometimes isn't tangible in the way of physical money, but they did put time forth perhaps or, or resources and knowledge that they have that you might not. How do you bring that to the table and make sure that you slice the pie accurate, accurately that way?
1: Well, the idea that you can't quantify intangible contributions is, is, is a myth Mm. because most people in the world work for a living, they have a job, they go, they get paid a paycheck or a commission check or how do they get paid and they go home and they're perfectly happy without having any equity at all. Mm-hmm. So the fair market value of someone's contribution is equal to what they would have been paid by somebody else if they could have been paid. Start All companies pay their bills. They're expected to pay their bills. Um, except for startups, for some reason, don't have to pay their bills. The amount they don't pay is effectively your bet. So mm-hmm. if you're worth $200, $200 an hour or $400,000 a year, and I don't pay you that amount, then that's your bet. So you, all you got to do to is determine if I was going to pay this person for their contribution, what would I pay them? And mm-hmm. how would I pay them? When I pay them weekly, monthly, or a commission, when I pay them a royalty or, or pay them a finder's fee, or how would I pay them? How mm-hmm. much would I pay them? And then I pay them that. If I don't have the money, I, it's treated as a bet. Mm-hmm. So everything that we can do for a company, whether it be rent or our ideas or our time, mm-hmm. it can all be quantified in terms of fair market value. And that, that that quantifies the bet. Now, when the company can start generating enough revenue or investment income to pay people, the betting stops, and then at that point, you can determine what the equity split is. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I, I like that, that your book helps people put down the table in the front front end, so that anyone sitting here is like, okay, I'm we've already decided that whatever I'm bringing to the table. Let's say I'm an awesome kick butt graphic designer, and you know you you need that for your business. This is how much I'd be paid and then we work out the hours, we keep track of it. At the end, when you start bringing in profit, now we have it down on the table that this is how much my skills are worth per hour, this is how much time I've given, it's all recorded, now all you have to do is pay your bills. And it's exactly. all out there, laid out in front.
1: Yeah, so when, when I can pay my bills, I will, I will pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Now I can work for free forever. Um, eventually I am gonna pay, but most people, do, they do what's called a fixed equity split. The fixed equity splits when you and I dole out equity in advance of any work being done. Mm-hmm. So say you're going to do you're going to generate millions of dollars worth of sales, and I'm going to make an awesome graphic design, and I build some kick-ass software, and do all this stuff. Basically, mm-hmm. valuing our intentions, mm-hmm. and that's what people get hung up on is how do I value my intentions? I we all have great intentions. You have great intentions. I got great. We all have, we all mean well, mm-hmm. but we're not actually what we actually do matters. Yeah. So when we do a fixed split, what happens is we realize that what we thought we were going to do doesn't turn out the way we it actually doesn't turn out the way we thought it was going to do. So we have to fight about getting our equity back. So you decide, I do you, you 50 fifty fifty, and I do all the work, and you want to quit, or you want to bring in a third person, and he's a marketing person. Yeah, it's just it's a mess every time.
0: Yeah, I get that. You know what's interesting about this, Mike? I love that you put this in this in this way because early on I, I one of my first ideas for a business i went in with my friend and it, once she put the idea on the table she felt well i own 100 percent of it practically because it was my idea um yeah. but i'm my attitude in life is like when an idea hits my head i run with it like 300 miles an hour and yeah. do like a million pieces of action forward like boom 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 let's get this let's get this puppy rolling um so in no time we started to make some money but she felt well since it's my idea i should get most of the money Right. Uh, we didn't work out ahead of time how we would doll out the money or once we got profit. Uh, we just went forward and I went running with the idea. And my, I got really angry like, well, I did all this work and you just sat there with an idea. So I, I love that your book is out here to help people ahead of time before you start running with this wonderful idea, working out these issues before profit starts coming in.
1: Exactly. Most of the books are about just thinking through these issues. Mm-hmm. And ideas are a great example some people, the ideas are everything and they're super important, but they're only important if they they can turn into something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I always say that if you want to know what your idea is worth, go try to sell it to somebody. Yeah. If it doesn't sell, it's either worthless or it's priceless. Mm-hmm. It's probably worthless.
0: Yeah. You know and then, you know, know, in some cases it could be priceless, but you're not right. Got vision book. across. Right. I, I used to
1: be the head of marketing for a fishing tackle box manufacturer and people who had fishing tackle box ideas would come to me to license them. And mm-hmm. if the idea was good, we would pay 2% on royalty revenue on revenues. our royalty amount. So the, the fair market value of a good fishing tackle box idea in the United States is worth 2% on, on revenues. And mm-hmm. you could go to other manufacturers and get a higher revenue, a higher royalty, but not they couldn't do the revenue that we could do. Mm-hmm. So that's the fair market rate. Now you can either give it to the company and get your royalty or you can give it to a startup and you can take, your, take, take the unpaid royalty is your bet.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. The nice thing about that is if I give someone a big chunk of equity for the idea, And then I pivot away from the idea. I just rewarded somebody for an idea that sucked.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what's amazing is you can have the most amazing idea ever. But if you can't get that idea and that vision across to someone else that can either, you know, bring um, profit or or capital or just get the the idea launched because the idea sitting there in a drawer does nothing uh, making it and moving it forward and going, you know, and then realizing that, okay, the idea is one part. Now, what are the other parts we need to actually bring this to market and make it profitable?
1: Yeah. You got to get it done. Sometimes I have people with, with the guy else, one partner will say, my partner's not doing any work, but I, but it was his idea. And he said, I can go with it, but I, I, you know, I don't want him to quit and go and compete with me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who cares if he competes with you? He's not, he's not doing any work. He's not going to compete with you. He's not going to succeed if he sucks. So who cares? <laughs> that's a good
0: point that's a good point because if they were going to run with it often people's actions will speak louder than their words they have a great idea but they're not moving on it and perfect point to this Mike back in high school and I don't know if other no it was grammar school I don't know if other people had this idea but I used to get these um little sam these little ice cream thingies it was in a little container vanilla ice cream and I would get chocolate chip cookies and I used to put them you know ice cream in between the cookies. And I'm like, "Mm, yum, yum, yum. And all the other students were like copying me and they're oh, this is so good. I think in high school, um, the chip wedge came out. The only difference was little chocolate chips around the the side. And I was like, wait a second, that was my idea. Well, who knows if other people, of course, had the idea besides the inventor of the chip wedge. But, you know, an idea that sits in the drawer not moving, well, someone's going to take the idea and run with it if you don't.
1: Yeah. I had an idea for a software and I, d- I promised a developer 35% of my company for developing the software. Mm-hmm. He did nothing for months and months and months. Months went by. He did nothing. And we finally had a conversation. He said, Listen, I can't I don't, don't have time to work on this. You have to find somebody else. So he gave me back my 35%. thinking that it was a big deal, must have been really hard work. I fired, found another developer and I said, I'll give you 75% of it if you build it for me. He took him two weeks to do it. It was a piece of cake. So now mm-hmm. he owns 75% of the company. Now I had to go market it and build it and sell it. And, I had all the, all the work was mine. He just, Mm it was, it was two weeks. Mm -hmm. So I ruined my company by doing a bad equity split.
0: Yeah. Well, it was a good lesson. You learned, whoops, won't do that again. But hard
1: lessons.
0: (laughs) A Very expensive lesson. And you know, life is full of those, but it's what what I'm hoping when people go out there and get slicing the pie model is that they won't have the handbook is that they won't have that issue going forward. Uh, What's one thing you really hope that business owners or launch businesses getting started, take away from your book?
1: that there is a true answer to fairness. Fairness is not a matter of opinion, it's a matter of facts. Okay. If your dad, if we're, if we're siblings and our dad gives us a cookie, there's only one way to split the cookie. We split it half and half, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you could give me your half of the cookie, but your generosity doesn't make it more fair. Or I could steal your half of the cookie, but my greed doesn't make it more fair. There's only one version of fairness. And in business, that fairness is, because it's all quantifiable in dollars and cents, we can determine exactly what the, what it, the fair amount. So Slicey always gives you the exactly fair amount. So in business, it's always the exact answer. It's not a matter of opinions. You don't have to guess, not what we feel like. Um, and you can determine that amount. So if you if you're, if desire to be fair, it's possible. There are other parts of life we can't always know it's fair. You know, the, the legal system is full of instances, what's fair, you know, what's fair for mm-hmm. fraud, what's fair? the sentencing is fair. But in business, it's quantifiable easily quantifiable. So we can always know exactly what's fair.
0: Yeah. I have to tell you, Mike, that's one of the reasons I love covering business. It makes me excited because there's none of this what if kind of or, or vague kind of non-understanding. It's, it's concrete and it's factual. And, and that's look. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you, everyone can go get your book at slicingpie.com, correct?
1: Exactly. Slicingpie.com.
0: Yeah, and uh, they can get your book there. What's on the horizon for you going forward? Is there any new books? Do you do any events? Share.
1: I do a lot. I do events all over the world for Slicing Pie. Um, I am planning on doing some trip to trip to Europe this uh, September. Um, my book is translated in twelve different languages. I have awesome. lawyers all over the world that, that implement for people. Yeah. Um, I'm working on a new book about sort of the nuances of Slicing Pie, and again, it's always back to. You know what if what if somebody pads their hours or what if somebody, you know, mm-hmm. has, uses their garage? And people have people always have questions about what if. It's really how do you compensate somebody in the first place? If, if you can compensate somebody for something, then you can turn into a bet. I was mm-hmm. working on another book there. Um, I'm also working on um, an exchange where you can buy and sell what's called a slice. And slicing by is a, a unit of risk called slice. That, uh, that theoretically can be bought and sold on the, the blockchain if you want. So it's awesome. a good way to raise money. So all well, kinds of things. The, the sky's the limit. The missing piece for all these tools for working for equity is, is the fairness model.
0: Yeah. And uh, so everyone, whether you have a business and you just want to find a way to grow it, but find a way to grow it and, and slice the pie in a way that's equitable for everyone. Or if you're a new business just getting started, go out and get slicingpie.com today. Thank you so much, Mike, for coming to Savvy Broadcasting. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.